Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the IMO podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf Musa. And uh, welcome to the weekly episode, uh, Delayed, coming out on Friday, not on a fucking Thursday. Ah, fucking hell. I tell you, listen, I have an excuse for the delay. Um, I just was on Tuesday, the, I was busy doing an essay and uh, I didn't sleep until 7 in the morning. And I was supposed to record it on Wednesday, but I woke up really tired. I only had four hours of sleep. I couldn't sleep again. And uh, I forgot that it was oh, Wednesday because I was so tired. And funny enough, <laughs> luck of the draw, the essay was due on the 12th, not on the 13th. So it was due on the Tuesday, not on a Wednesday. And I did not know that. <laughs> I, mistook the, I mistook the numbers. I don't know how. I, I just mistook the, the dates. And, um, I I don't know, man. I really don't know. (coughs) How you guys been, though? Have you guys been doing fine? I've been doing fine. Apart from that fucking shit. That say it was a pass anyway, so I don't think I would have gotten a good grade either way. And, uh, like, if you delay the the submission for the essay, uh, even if it's a day, it's, uh, it's a capped out apart so i'm not really that fussed about it but at least i got it done i'm gonna work on term two to term point was literally just a fucking failure for me like everything is just a pass i don't like i need to amp it up for term two i've, I've literally got five modules for term two as well so it's gonna be tough it's gonna be fucking tough i've got um, a history of uh, um history of uh, russia and during the soviet during the formation, during the formation of the USSR, and uh, history of America during that time, I've got political instruments, and I've got psychology, political psychology, and I've got, um, yeah, I think those are two. So yeah, yeah, pretty much those four. And I'm gonna kill myself this time, honestly. Thank God I've got two months off, and I get to just work on these fucking essays. Oh man, I've got so much reading to do. Like my first reading for for for, for the political psychology one is a fucking a whole chapter, a whole fucking not like a whole like eighty four pages. Oh man, what a great way to prime up your uni studies, man. Um, apart from that, I've just been playing a lot of chess. <laughs> I reached one point three k on my chess puzzles. Oh, which is great. And uh, oh, on chess.com, which is great. And then I'm at 1.2 now. So it's it's not, I'm not, like, it's, I don't know how I reached one point. I reached 1.3 with less effort than reaching 1.2K, which is just weird. Um, but I just reached it and then I was just playing at night. Like for me, chess puzzles are just re- sort of relaxing. But now I've got to take it seriously because I'm like, fuck, I just went. I went from 1.3 to 1,000, 1,200 to back to 1,000, and then from 1,000 uh, back to 1,200, and that's where I'm at now. And the only way I'm planning to is to keep it up. I don't want to. I don't want to go down again, um, because that's too much effort. But the way I reached 1.3 was just effortless. It felt weird. It felt like I was in a state of flow of it. It's like dun 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 dun. dun. 
And then the, suddenly uh, I will go back to 1.2. And then when I'm trying to climb back to 1.3, the puzzles just seem foreign to me. Like I haven't done something similar to this before. And maybe that's because they refreshed it. I don't know. I really don't know. But who, who knows, man? But yeah, I reached 1.3. Uh, I watched the Chris Rock extended cut for Tambourine. I saw Tambourine. It was basically the Blackout Tour. And this is the extended cut, Chris Rock extended cut, Blackout Tour uh tambourine so it's just an extended version of tambourine special on how many times i have to say you get what i mean it's just the extended version of tambourine on uh, netflix it's just got like extra clips here and there uh interviews with howard stern and extra bits of comedy um i'll be honest i prefer over the uh, normal extended uh, the normal version non-extended version um mainly because uh, i saw tambourine live i saw tambourine live in the uk and when I watched the special, which was fucking beautiful in terms of its like, uh, in terms of its stage, like the stage for it is beautiful. I was gonna say mise en scène, but that that doesn't work. That's a film fucking word. It's just beautiful in terms of its stage. And Bob Burnham directed it. Who directed one of my favorite specials, which was the uh, Eight special by um, uh, what's his name? Something majestic. He had a very majestic name. Um, uh, Bob Burnham director what's his director credits uh, yeah Jared, Jared Carmichael it wasn't a majestic name Some, I thought it was but it wasn't It's just, but yeah so 8 by Jared Carmichael there's a massive video essay which introduced me to it and then I watched it and then yeah mate this video essay is correct about that shit um so yeah, eight by Jared Carmichael and then Tambourine were both directed by Bob Burnham, who's a very well-known comic. If you don't know who Bob Burnham is, go watch out his Netflix special. Very like un unpoliticized, just sort of like, but just he's he's uh, it's not like he's green. He's just very music oriented, you know. He, he directs these funny music. Uh, rap parodies and just he's just funny he's just a funny guy uh, watch him on the green room as well Bob Adam is great on the green room like in him and Gary Shandling and he was usually the youngest in the, in the comedy room it was Mark Marin Gary Shandling and uh, and uh, Ray Romano in the table and I believe uh, Paul Provence obviously was the host for that green room show and then I believe um, I forgot who else but yeah those those I think Judd Apatow was there as well. Uh, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, Bob Burnham was really funny on that. Uh, there's a joke. Oh, I don't want to butcher it. Just go on. Uh, just go watch it on, on YouTube. But it was a funny joke. Um, very, very nice comeback. Um, oh, I think it was basically Paul Provenza asked Bob Burnham what his favorite comedian, what who his favorite comedian is, pardon my French, um, and uh, he was like uh, Hans Taman, who's a uh, Dutch absurdist with us. And then Mark Maron, he's like, "What does he do?" Well, he has this uh, b he has this black sock. And then Mark Maron's like, "I oh, see already, I don't like him." And then Bob Burnham was like, "Okay, it's a white sock." And then you get the joke. And uh, sorry, I just got to get rid of this chewing gum real quick. Uh, best way to get rid of chewing gum when you're a student: use the fucking paper. From your ah, paper flying everywhere. Use paper from your notebook, my guy. And these are all notes from Bessie that just fell. I don't need them anymore. 
that's some ASMR for you guys. Yeah, I don't have tissues next to me because uh, you know what would happen when you have tissues next to your bed and uh, I don't want to be uh, reminded of the ease of it when I'm in my room. <laughs> for those who don't understand, uh, jacking off. That's what I'm talking about. Um, uh, yeah, so Tambourine, directed by Bonham. And I couldn't carry on with the special because I saw it live and when you see it live, it just kills the idea of the special. I never managed to go past... 10 minutes of the recorded special on Netflix and it came out like a month after I saw it live in the UK I was with my brother Ibrahim and I just couldn't watch the special and even my brother Ibrahim had the same sort of experience where he just couldn't watch the special on Netflix because um, he just couldn't, the live version was just bad we both agreed that when you see it live, it's so much better. Obviously, I would have still appreciated the special if I didn't see it live because it's fucking Chris Rock and it's like it's been fucking eight years and he's done a fucking special. Uh, kudos to him, he's taking care of his kids, which is always a great thing to see. Uh, I know Sasha Baron Cohen did that shit as well. And, um, yes, Tambourine, the extended cut. I watched it yesterday, and it was uh, the thing that got me into watching it was uh, me watching a, a YouTube clip of uh, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle talking, and Dave Chappelle telling him, "Telling Chris Rock, you're the greatest," and Chris Rock and Dave said, "No, you're the greatest." And Dave Chappelle was like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. Your shit moves me like no other." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then they mentioned a story about how. Uh, Eddie Murphy. This is like how great Chris Rock, how how great the fact that Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle are friends rather than sort of nemesis is because Pryor and Eddie Murphy were never friends, and Arsenio Hall was in that clip as well. And he tells a story about an encounter between Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Richard Pryor is on stage, and then he gets this note uh, that says Eddie Murphy is here; he wants to perform, and then. Uh, Richard Pryor finishes performing, uh, and he says, "Our next guest is said to be uh, the new uh, uh, the the guy who's going to come. No, the new me, and uh, which is kind of weird because I ain't finished being me yet. But let's see, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Eddie Murphy, and that's the story of how Pryor and Eddie Murphy." met each other but they haven't met before and this is their introduction to meeting each other and uh Bridget Pryor goes off stage and then uh, but doesn't go fully there's a stairway that leads to in the uh, original room in the comedy store there's a little stairway and Richard Pryor just sat there and to his left uh, and just watching Eddie Murphy perform on stage and from Eddie Murphy's perspective Richard Pryor is watching him perform on his left and Eddie Murphy fucking killed it and then they, they, Eddie Murphy got out of the stage and uh, they just walked together. And I don't know, nobody knows what they were talking about. But they were, of course, sort of, they weren't enemies, but they'd never had a sort of good relationship because it's like back in the day that you can only have one good black comedian for some for obvious reason. I was going to say for some whatever reason, but for obvious reasons, there was only one sort of flagship black comedian. You know, Bill Cosby, then Pryor. Then Eddie Murphy, then uh, then after Eddie Murphy, an explosion came. Well, when the uh, was was that thing that uh, Def Jam comedy came in and then uh, ignited careers for Martin Lawrence and 
and uh, and Eddie Griffin and Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, like Def Jam Comedy did a lot in terms of um, injecting into the market a more widespread view of, of black culture through comedic arts. God, I sound posh when I say that. I fucking hate myself. And, um, yeah, before I was only one black guy and it was an obvious rivalry, you know. And, uh, and it wasn't just in the field of comedy, like, Muhammad Ali was the only sort of prominent black celebrity, prominent black person was a celebrity, so I was like, oh, fuck it, let's not be this one person against another, let's just try and work together. And that's one of, one of the few reasons, you know, apart from being um, a, a flagship for peace through re his rejection to participate in the Vietnam War, uh, you know, one of the few reasons behind uh, Muhammad Ali's greatness. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. I'm, it's unfortunate. And there's massive sort of disrespect stories between uh, there's a there's a disrespect story between Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor I don't know um I really don't know it's it's all speculative now because Richard Pryor's dead and there's only Eddie Murphy to talk and and uh, uh stories are written by the people who lived it <laughs> uh -huh, so god knows but yeah, so oh, sorry for that shake. Um, so yeah, the extended cut for the tambourine is way better than, than the original cut. Coming from a person who saw it live and couldn't handle the original version, but managed to go through the, the non-extended version. What else did I watch this week? I don't watch much. I really want to continue watching the producers budget by uh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> Fucking. Ah fuck! Who who directed the? I'm forgetting these names, man. I'm I'm, I'm on like politics mood. Uh, I'll talk about the essay later on. But uh, producers actually after this, to be honest, talk about the essay. The producers directed by Mel Brooks, the guy that did Spaceballs and all that shit. Uh, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and uh, yeah, I was reading this book that Mark Norman recommends on his uh, social media. Which is basically there's a massive fly on my fucking room, which is basically the sort of history of American comedy, and uh, yeah, apparently Bob Hope did blackface. Bob Hope, if you don't know any any of your comedy history, or if you, you're not an American with a granddad that talks to you, <laughs> Bob Hope did blackface, or, or, or with a dad that talks to you. Um. Yeah, Bob Hope did fucking blackface, but apparently blackface became lost its sort of racial connotation since it became so like common. It went from like oh, some guy putting on blackface and making fun of the. I'm not defending blackface. I'm just saying something that happened, by the way. So don't fuck it. I, uh, ugh, blackface is disgusting. But so yeah, so apparently blackface within its late stages lost its sort of. Original meaning because everybody was doing it, and it ended up coming from a guy putting on blackface and making fun of black people's expressions and the way they talk to, and a person just speaking like a white person and just putting on blackface, and there was nothing really racist about it apart from that fact that he's putting on blackface, which is 
I mean, I say nothing really racist. Of course, there's still racism in it. But it's it's so strange to see that happen. And then Bob Hope was a blackface artist. He said this on Johnny Carson. So it's not like, oh, are you sure he said that? It was on fucking Johnny Carson. Look it up on YouTube. There's a clip. Um, yeah, so he did blackface. And like he said, I was a blackface artist. And then uh, one time I just couldn't do blackface because I just didn't have time to put the makeup on. And this was back in the uh, burlesque. Is it burlesque? Uh, I think it's burlesque. No, not burlesque. Uh, What's that? Vaudeville. This is back in the comedy vaudeville days. And have I mentioned this before? I'm sorry if I mentioned it before. If it has, it's been two weeks. So I don't know if your memory is that good. But... Yeah, Bob Hope did fucking blackface and uh, during the vaudeville era of comedy and uh, it was in this late stages where it was more, um, should I say, Anglo-Saxonized. <laughs> yes, blackface got Anglo-Saxonized because many comedians were doing it. That's what I'm saying. And uh, one time he just didn't do it because he didn't have time to put makeup on and then some guy said, he stopped doing blackface because you have a face that says jokes. And uh, yeah, he's up to him blackface. <laughs> but yeah, Bob Hope did blackface. The biggest comedian. And, uh, I'm sorry, I've just got something stuck on my throat. I'm sorry for the swallowing sounds. The biggest comedian of... of, of uh, it's not the corona, trust me. Ah, oh, man. Uh, the biggest comedian of his time did blackface. Which is which is quite, which always shows you the times back then, but obviously on 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 a sort of major major boom of his career, he never did it. Um, world was world was strange, very strange. Um, as to my essay, it was basically demonstrating the effectiveness of civil resistance. And I used so many examples because I did not know how to structure 3,000 words uh, properly. And the only way I knew how to be... It's basically like I just did some Naruto Shippuden fillers, man. Like, fucking... Well, not really, but... You know, it was was a lot of talking from my ass without backing out. uh, Which is not great for essays. I'll probably get, like, a high... No, I'm capped out of pass, I forgot. (laughs) But yeah, I, I, the first it's like the first core of it is like, oh my god, it's so fucking be, be, beautifully well written and beautifully well analyzed, and then the rest was just pishy caca. I will kill myself if if I get like a really high pass, and then he tells me it could have been a, a bigger grade because, uh, you know, because but you unfortunately submitted it late. Um. I'll probably just do an extenuating song as soon as possible. I'll contact Damien Fraser. I'm scared now because it might be a higher mark, but I highly doubt it. I very much highly doubt it. might be a higher mark because the initial paragraphs were really good. The rest was just, fuck, I can't finish this sort of vibe, you know? And, uh, yeah. But it's not far, Who cares? Uh, the rest of you know, I, who cares? I'm gonna fight for saying myself. Why am I saying who cares? But yeah, I'm just so it annoyed me so much. It didn't annoy me when I first saw it because I was like, I'm so tired, I don't care. But now I'm like, oh wow, I'm such a retard. How, how did I not submit on time? But um, 
Yeah. Did a COVID test recently? Passed. Not, uh, you know, not no symptoms whatsoever. Uh, might go smoke some cigars with my friend Jay on Friday tomorrow, the day you're hearing this. So the day this episode is published, I don't know if you hear these on the fucking day. I suppose it, I, I really look at the stats because uh, I don't know. It's just I've got too much <laughs> to do, and I'm like, how's the podcast doing? It's like on the list of things that I care about. The podcast is like third. One is you know my well-being. Second is my uni work, and for second is stand up. For third is my uni work, and then fourth is podcast. So yeah, it's like. <laughs> And you might consider that well-being always takes primacy, so that should be cancelled out. So it's that, either way. Um, but like, yeah, well, I'll probably go. I've got uh, me and him. I bought for him uh, the Nicaragua Antano CTs. This is the Connecticut version of their really spicy, strong Antonio blend. So hopefully he'll like it. It'll be his first cigar, and I think that's that's a good one. And the friend that you don't know that I'm talking about is Jay, the guy who was the first ever guest for the IMO podcast. And hopefully not one of the few. Hopefully after this corona, I'll get way more guests. And like, honestly, I just want to meet people and talk to them, you know. And like, I just miss talking to people. I just record. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got these two mics and these two stands that I've been going no i'll get a, a, a billington bag to fit it in and, and yeah just just do do shit man i'm so fucking bored i need to talk to people and then just to stand up again and then you yesterday just be a workhorse man i'm so i'm so not depressed i'm just you know that feeling of a can of beans when it's like quarter left of it and you just throw it away because what are you going to do with a quarter of baked beans man you already have like three cans because you bought a pack you know what I mean I feel like that it's not sad I just feel like I'm I'm that quarter full can of baked beans that will usually get thrown away because we have a plethora of them you know I just that's how I feel if it, does that make sense I don't even know how to put that in words, but that's just the image of how I feel. And if you can relate to that, thank you. And if you don't, I apologize for the weirdness. And whoa, Mel Brooks is 94 years of age, born in 1926. He was in the vaudeville era. Oh my God. 94 years of age. What the hell? 94. Born in, oh, wow, that's crazy. 1926. This guy experienced both wars. Did he? No, this guy experienced, yes, both wars, Second World War and the Vietnam War. Got you there. Got you fucking there, bitch. But uh, he was probably, uh, quick maths, he was probably 10 when the war started, I believe. 10 or 11, something like that. Maybe, maybe more. When did World War Two start? God, I'm, ugh, fuck's sake. When did World War Two start? 
Oh, now it ended in 1945. 1939 and ended in 1945. 1st of September and then on the 2nd of September 1945. People were like, fuck it. It's actually been... How many years? It's actually been six years. That's end of... <laughs> it's like, fuck it. It's been six years. The Vietnam was started from 1955 to 1975. Oh my God, that's 20 years. The Vietnam War was 20 fucking years. Whoa. That's the long. Is that the longest war? World War One. How long was World War One? 1914 till 1911. So, four years. Six years is World War Two, And Vietnam was 20 years. Granted, it was a proxy war. And the potential for inevitable failure was... It, it, time failure time was extended because it is a proxy war you're not doing it in your actual country you're just sending forces into a host country for that war you know if it's like a foreign investment that is failing it's going to take a while for you to notice actually you will notice quickly it's like that's a that's a bad analogy sorry (laughs) the cold war lasted from 1947 to 1991 and the Vietnam War started from 1955 to 1975. Granted, these are all like proxy wars. Wow, 1947 to 1991. God damn. So people were in fear of nuclear, of mutually assured destruction of MAD from, the, uh, from between 1947 till 1991. Granted, the fear probably started. The actual fear started in like Doctor Strange Love era. When when was Doctor Strange Love? Great Kubrick from probably my favorite, nineteen sixty four. So probably the fear was prominent in the nineteen sixties, but um, the initial creation of the nuclear bomb by Eisenhower was probably nineteen forty seven. And funny enough, on the day the nuclear bomb was created, the uh, LA uh, air raid started where they were rumors of an alien visit what's this shit about area 51 shit being revealed area 51 base in nevada one information area 50 i did i was talking to one of my friends about area 51 and they said there's some information that's going to be revealed about uh Area 51. What is Area 51? What do you know about Area 51? I know it's a sort of a test lab for for weaponry. Are there aliens and flying sources at Area 51? Hey, ask Bob Lazar. And he will tell you that there are. It was opened in 1955. Year its existence was first officially acknowledged. Thank you, Barack Obama, 2013. It's 2.3 miles in length of longest runway. Uh, and the number of people who are thought to work at the facility are 1,500. Imagine being a janitor at Area 51. What happens if people storm Area 51, proposing that we can run faster than their bullets? Let's see them aliens. Too many people say that they're going. Things most of us since been moved because of fears of possible humanitarian disaster. Wow. People are scared. That means the U.S. threatened people. Like, don't fucking raid Area 51. Shit will happen. Humanitarian disaster. 
possible humanitarian disaster. Oh. Like, uh, humanity is not ready for this. I, grant, I, I, uh, I highly doubt that it's that big of a threat aliens. Otherwise, they would have told us. And all the countries would have said, yo, let's calm down this fucking uh, sort of economic and and military warfare between us at the moment. And let's focus on the aliens. You know, that ending to Watchmen, which is a fucking brilliant from Adam Moore, where a massive human-made alien attacks New York City. And it was on the brink of another... And Nixon was on his 15th term... <laughs> because the Cold War erupted into a massive war and uh, they were about to create mutual assured destruction uh, and a massive human-made alien appeared in New York City and killed at least half a million people and every country in the earth was like, yeah, nah, let's stop this war and fight this alien. We need to work together to save Earth. It's fucking funny because they were going to kill each other fully very strange world and then Dr. Manhattan did the DC Universe it makes sense that Dr. Manhattan made the DC Universe because in the end he was like fuck it I'm gonna go because Dr. Manhattan if you haven't read the Watchmen comic the Watchmen graphic novel he has the ability to create worlds I haven't seen the Watchmen on HBO I need to watch that it's only one season but it's like an hour per episode I can't be asked but I'll probably watch it it's only one season and then I'll probably watch Chernobyl uh, one day I know I will. I just don't know when. But yeah, he has the ability to create worlds if you ever read the Watchmen comic. And he probably created the DC world. Like, Rorschach is a very sort of much more mild version of Batman. Uh, no, Rorschach, the milder version of Rorschach is Batman. Sorry, I, I'm sort of fucked up in the way I said that. Um, and, um,. Yeah, so Dr. Manhattan definitely created the DC Universe. And obviously, Superman is basically Dr. Manhattan. Um, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I got, I got, I got, I got, if you know your cigars. I hate talking about cigars because I've been, I've been buying a lot. The Cigar Fish United Top 25 of the year came out and I just bought the number one, which is the EP Carrillo prequel something yeah i have to, i have the another ap carrier which i haven't smoked yet but i got that as well and then i've got a padron 40th which is i like i, I want to give padron another chance and then i've got an andalusian ball they will arrive today and uh, uh i've got another ap carrier on the way hopefully you should be arriving on t- saturday but only God knows. Only God knows. I wanted to be the date, and I ordered it from places that I don't know that much if they supply it with Bovida packs. If you don't know what Bovida packs is, is something that keeps humidity for the cigars. Um. So yeah. Uh, pretty much. If, you, if you're yelling in the background, it's just my family chatting too much shit. But um. Yeah, I play a lot of chess. Done my essay. Delayed the podcast episode. Um, what else did we fail today? <laughs> this week. 
This man, it's just tough times. COVID vaccines are spreading in the UK, uh, hopefully. How many are we on so far on BBC? BBC check. Da, da, da. It is uh, 2.6k so far. Uh, we're trying to get 2 million per week, and that seems to be fucking fading. 2.6 million so far, sorry, total first vaccines. Oh, and total second vaccines is 4,228 4, 4, 4, 4, cases. I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm being on to develop dyslexia a little bit. 4,028 cases is 47. The cases are declining slowly, bit by bit, and it's a bit maintained. So you see it like... Oh my god, 47 cases, that's a lot. Mate, it was like in the fucking 60s for like a month ago. Like legit, it was in the fucking 60s. Um, so yeah, and then deaths, 1.5. We're going to see a lot of deaths. If you're in the UK, just know you're going to see a lot of deaths because people are just going to fucking let them go because the NHS is overpacked and it's just... How the world is going to have to function for for a while now. It's just, you're going to see a lot of deaths. The government is going to try their best. The NHS will try their best. But you're going to see a lot of fucking deaths. Like legit. Um, will I take the vaccine? Yeah, I'll probably have to to get back to work. Um, I'll take the uh, Oxford one. Fuck the Pfizer one, as I mentioned last week. Um don't get the fucking Pfizer one if you if you can um so yeah anyways this has been the uh 28th episode of the IMO podcast and uh wow I just noticed my volume was very low before and yeah the 28th episode of the IMO podcast uh, I'm your host, Yusuf Musa, and I hope you guys enjoy your coming week. Sorry for the delayed episode. Love you all, and stay safe out there. Chase your dreams if you can. If you can't, just relax for a while. The whole world is relaxing. It's not like you're someone's competing with you for your dreams. If you're at the young age of me, just know that mm, there's no one competing with you at the moment. Uh, see you guys. Bye-bye. And Unless you're one of those financial market fuckers. Anyways, bye-bye. See you guys. Love you all. Bye.